Welcome back to Walking Our Path Together, a series of audio stories exploring Yukon College's reconciliation journey. This is Episode 7, Land. In this story, we'll visit a science camp just outside of Carcross to hear from students and instructors who are piloting a new course, which takes place completely on the land, in partnership with the Carcross Tagish First Nation. Then, we'll speak to First Nation Initiatives Director Davida Wood about how the college is thinking about the idea of land-based learning. And finally, we'll talk with Council of Yukon First Nation Grand Chief Peter Johnson about the importance of land in education. Just a note before we begin, most of this story takes place at a learning camp, so you'll be able to hear the hum of the wind, the crackle of the campfire, and other noises in the background. My name is Wolf's mother. Colleen James is my English name. We are at a science camp and using two-eyed seeing to, to teach some basic science on the land, I might add. Two-eyed seeing is taking Western science uh, concepts and values in conjunction with traditional values or the way the First Nations perceive life and how everything works and taking the stories and the language and coupling it with the scientific terminology. It's it's for sure a uh, call it Yukon College and Carcross Tagus First Nation working towards reconciliation, you know. Getting, building a, a, a better relationship together in the field of education because education is, you know, very important to all peoples. And so we've come together and uh, crafted and built with all of our elders and language technicians and uh, science uh, teachers. And even we have a dog in camp, you know, and so it's great. It's, uh, we're, uh, we're learning, we're learning science in, in all kinds of capacity and, and context. It's important because in the trades, uh, the students need their grade 10 030 science, and it's basic science. And teachers and educators uh, are finding that there's a low success rate for First Nations students in the classroom setting. So they wanted to give it a try out on the land in an on the land setting. Um, so we're out here for 10 days on the land um, and uh, taking one day at a time and practically applying our seasonal round, spring, summer, winter, fall. Um, talking a lot about the significance of four in the yearly round of seasons, in the migrations of the the birds and how everything works, you know, and, and then taking that Western knowledge and, you know, breaking it down and, and trying to understand it more. So it's really important for these students to have success in this course because it'll it'll carry them into carpentry, uh, being an electrician or a plumber in some of those trades and it's essential to having those tickets under their belt. So that that's that's the the, the main goal here is to have more people get their grade 10 science so that they can apply it to their uh, trades and move on that way. It's 
it's fun learning science in a way that I could never get it at school. And so it's nice after all this time away from school and not having my grade 12 or my grade 10 science for that matter to sort of have you know moved through life and experienced a number of things and to know things but to now come back to science camp and have the science o3o content really um sink in if you will and then try to flip it into a traditional knowledge practical application and sort of bring them both home has been really exciting uh, and interesting for me. So I'm, I'm learning just as much, if not more, than the students, in my opinion. Uh, my name's Samantha Smith. I'm from the Kokoton clan in uh, Karkarstage First Nation, Clinkett Territory. I am taking this class more, I already have the credit for it, but I basically want the class just for um, getting into other science, science-based courses, whether it be um, archaeology or like um, earth sciences. But now that we've done this and I've seen everything that they found up in the ice patch, which is on my traditional territory... It kind of makes me want to go for archaeology or geology. Or it's just all really interesting. I really like this course. The only reason why, if it was in the college, I probably wouldn't have took it. But it's land-based. This is something that, you know, we can traditionally take in some of the knowledge that our old peoples did before and then, you know, integrate it into what we do today. My name is Steve Biggenpound, and I'm an instructor at uh, Yukon College. We've been teaching a science course that gives credit for uh, grade 10 science and uh, also gives uh, entrance requirements for the uh, apprenticeship program. So we've been teaching this grade 10 level science, we call it Science 030, uh, for a number of years. And so it was just a matter of adapting it to be more camp-based and using more examples from uh, on the land and uh, students' daily lives. So basically we just took a look at uh, the topics that we need to cover in order for the course to be accredited and then figured out some ways that we could do that uh, in, in a camp setting. Well, I really like to try to think of situations that students will encounter in their daily lives or, or in this case particularly when they're out on the land and try to apply the scientific concepts behind those uh, so that we can use those examples to um, clarify the concepts and, and to show that students are using these ideas already when they're out on the land or in their daily life. As an example, you know, we're doing levers today. So we're working on physics and we're doing levers. And uh, I used an example of lifting up the corner of a cabin or in this case our wall tent. So that was a situation that I really encountered myself and that I know from talking to other students, the type of situation that they've also encountered. So, um, you know, we can't just lift up the corner of a cabin with our bare hands, but using a lever, we can get that mechanical advantage to do that. And many of our students, uh, and particularly the elders here, have lots of experience with using levers, but they might not have realized the physics principles behind what they were doing. So we're just trying to use those examples that they're familiar with and show them that this is science.
I think the first thing is just being outside and being on the land. I think, uh, you know, particularly for some learners, that's that's the best environment for them. Some people do well in classrooms, but I think we could all agree that nobody really loves classrooms. It's a great thing to get it out outside on the land in a setting that uh, students can feel more comfortable in and that they can more easily focus on the topics that we're covering. So uh, I think it's a great learning environment. Uh, the students have responded really well to, to being outside. We get much better focus, much better attention. And, and with it being more hands-on activities, they're far more engaged. Uh, I think it's a great thing that uh, Carcross Tagish First Nation and Yukon College are partnering on this and trying to find uh, new ways to deliver the same old material that is going to reach the students uh, better. My name is Davida Wood. I'm the director of First Nations Initiatives here at Yukon College. Um, my family is from the Teslin area. I'm a member of the Teslin Clinket Council. I'm a member of the Crow Moiety and the Kokoton clan from there. So when we're looking at it right now, what we're exploring is this idea of land-based learning basically being learning that follows a cultural concept, a traditional concept, a historical concept, potentially uh, protocol-based, that really is about First Nations traditional learning in some of those ways. So p potentially things like tanning a moose hide or reading the water or ancestral technology or things along those lines versus another type of learning that we do here that is very experiential, which can also include some of those concepts, but is also a much broader conversation. Experiential learning can be programs like theater programs or programs like outdoor ed or ski things that, uh, that we've done or renewable resources or those kinds of things. And so we wanna make sure that we're not using them interchangeably in many ways and really very different from doing activities outside, which doesn't fall into either of those categories and sometimes does get defined as land-based learning. So the you might be doing an, an outdoor activity and you may have a conversation, but if you are hiking up a mountain and talking about algebra, you're not doing land-based learning, you're hiking up a mountain and talking about algebra. And so we, we're in the process of trying to figure this out. Um, none of us have a definition just yet, but hopefully that's something that, that we will have and can continue to work towards. And as with many of these things, I'm sure we'll see evolve over time as well. My name is Peter Johnson. I'm a member of the Teslin Clinket Council. Uh, my Clinket name is Shtadutin, 45 years old, have four children, Grand Chief of the Council of Yukon First Nations. Well, our connection is there and, and it's, our survival is based on that connection. We, we've evolved uh, over the course of tens of thousands of years based on that respect for that land. Being able to um, forecast, if you will, 
what it's going to look like uh, going forward and ensuring that we were well prepared for that. Um, you know, obviously we're not in the same minus 60 realities that our people faced back in the day, but very much so much uh, depended on that connection to the land and, and understanding and respecting um, the environment that you not only had to survive in, but you uh, sustained yourself from. So all those components were based on that relationship. And if you didn't have that respect, um, you were, uh, you know, very, uh, your chances of survival were very limited. We talked about universities, we talk about culture camps, we talk about just having the ability for our people to get back on the land, to be the the ears and eyes, the, the ear to the ground, if you will, because uh, that's what our people always were. They could tell when weather was going to change. There's, there's ways to read the snow to know that it's going to get warm or you can see or what kind of snow is happening. It, everything that we used to depend on, we don't necessarily do today. You know, we look at the, the weather network or we go to our phone to see what the forecast is. But traditionally, our people would be able to, to read that and gauge what they're going to do and how they're going to do it or the, you know, how we follow the animals and what they're doing and watching what how they're reacting to certain things really gave us that intellectual knowledge that we don't necessarily have today because we're not there on the land. So I really want to have an education system that is the full gamut, right? That you have all options available. And if a part of it's just about getting back on the land and trapping, you should be supported in that realm because of the fact that it does involve so many facets to that alone, right? Alone, let alone having the ability for us to teach the next generation of the importance of that, getting them on the land to showcase uh, the beauty of it, let alone the significance of the importance of it. That'll come because once you get people involved and they can feel it and smell it and taste it, um, the importance comes naturally. And you go back to the politics of me growing up in a young, as a young person, it was just, you know, it was really until I had kids that I thought, well, holy, what am I, what am I doing today to encourage them to not only get a better education, but what am I doing to help create this environment so they could get a better education and that they're respected for what they know, right? And I think, you know, even though, you know, everything I don't believe is learned in a textbook, you know, there is definitely some um, significance to learn different learning styles. And I think the education system has failed miserably, the fact that not everybody learns the same way. So we need to have an education system that's based on everything um, that's applicable to learning and empowering people and building capacity. We are humbled and grateful to the knowledgeable Yukoners who took their time to be a part of this project and to help tell this story. This audio story was produced by LC Creative, Leanne Chalikoff for Yukon College. Original music is by Jonah Barr. Find us on iTunes or look for the next episode at rpath.yukoncollege.yk.ca. And while you're there, you can sign up for notifications when a new story is released.